Welcome to episode four of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. As always, thanks so much for your support. Please keep sharing the podcast with family and friends. We've had some great feedback from last week's episode with Alex Morrison and the story of him and his mate's journey following Kefan Druids. Uh, lots of people have said what a class idea it would be to do with their friends, so hopefully it has encouraged you and your pals to do something similar. His story actually reminded me of a video I saw recently where a bunch of lads went to the train station, watched Soccer Saturday, and decided that whoever scored first is where they were going to go to for a night out. Luton Town actually scored after 10 seconds, um, so I'm not sure how happy they were about that, but they did seem to have a good night, and again, a really good idea maybe to do with your mates. I'm thinking that could also be a good idea for some of our future content, where we pick a game at random uh, and go to it and share our experience of that. Episode four this week is with another Alex, Alex Mitchell. Alex is a comedian and a Cambridge United fan. Alex tells us about what it was like following Cambridge in the non-league days, but also includes some stories from big cup away days at Premier League grounds as well. So a really good mix and some really funny stories. The free giveaway we were running is now over. Thanks so much to everyone that entered. Um, a £50 voucher was up for grabs from the terrorstore.com and the winner of that will be announced on Twitter very shortly. It didn't cost anything to enter and as I've said already you had a chance of winning a voucher for a store that provides some really great custom memorabilia. So if you didn't enter you really have missed out. Please give us a follow on Twitter so you don't miss out on future giveaways. Our Twitter handle is at WeCanSeeYouPod. The next giveaway will also be free to enter, but it will require you to send in a short away day story. So we're thinking of inviting some guests on to judge your stories with the best ones receiving prizes. Uh, further details of that will be announced soon, but if you do have a story ready, then please do send it in um, by email to wecanseeyousneakingout at gmail.com. That could be uh, a written story or a voice note, whatever you prefer. But now, on with episode four. I hope you enjoy. Take care. And I'll speak to you all next week. Okay, welcome to another episode of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. Um, today we're joined by our guest Alex Mitchell. Um, he is a comedian and a Cambridge United fan. Alex, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That's actually a pleasure to be here. That's. I'm very grateful that you that you've come on and, and really looking forward to hearing some of your stories from following Cambridge around the country. I was about to say following them around the globe, but I'm guessing yeah. that no, not quite. <laughs> We 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 are back in the day, like maybe fifteen years ago, our youth team went over into Europe and that was still like our biggest claim to fame. Like we had our youth team had a game against Bayern Munich because we right. had the best youth team or like we managed to qualify for the youth champions league or youth Europa League. I'm not hundred percent sure of the facts, please don't Google it. But like we definitely did because I remember there was a, a game where they had like before they had the guy over the tannoy went right, representing Germany, Bayern Munich, representing England. Cambridge United, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Like, did, did, yeah. do you know this? Did they win? I, I honestly, I, I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. I think our captain was a now Luton Town player, Luke Berry. Oh right, uh, yeah. He, he, captained our youth, he captained our youth team then before becoming our captain. Um, but yeah, yeah. I bring that up obviously because you're a Luton fan. And this is the <laughs> politest conversation I've ever had with a Luton fan. So. <laughs> well. As you know, we, we, you know this podcast is not 
massively focused on the football, more about the, the fan stories yeah. and their experiences watching. So we can put rivalries to one side. And of course, yeah. <laughs> one thing that I will say to, to anybody listening is that, you know, there's there's a fair chance whichever team you support, they're going to get slated at some point, you know, on this podcast. That's what it's about. But I think that's part of the one of the great things, isn't it, about football is is the rivalry between those fans. So, oh, 100%. And, I, and I'm sure, you know, most football fans have a thick skin. They don't take it personally, do they? So, No, you can't. If you did, you wouldn't be going. Like, you, exactly. can't, you can't think, because that's part of the joy of it. I quite enjoy getting abuse screamed across at you and then, you know, yeah, turning yeah. it around. I quite enjoy that, you know. It's, there's, there's something quite nice about it. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I often find, particularly if I've had a couple of drinks, I actually become... I can be. I can get when you're surrounded by two thousand of you know your fellow supporters, you can become almost a bit hostile yourself. And it's you know it's quite fun taking the mick out of the. Oh yeah, it's, the, good, it's good fun. The other fans, I quite like. Um, oh yeah, it's good fun. I mean, I quite like because I, I am. I mean, we've had a conversation before this, and I think quite clearly, I am the least masculine man there is. Uh, <laughs> so it's quite it's quite good when you you turn up at a game. And you're like, yeah, I can be. I can be. A big old lad for for ninety minutes, cool. Like I quite, it's just, yeah. That's something you can you can leave everything else at the door, can't you? That's what I quite can, enjoy yeah. about it. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's. A, I guess what I'd caveat that with is, you know, it's it's quite easy to be that man, isn't it? Particularly when there's this police or you know uh, a bit of stadium in the way. I certainly wouldn't want to meet those people oh, yeah. outside. Yeah, 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 of course. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you know, my, about a hundred meters away, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So. Tell us then a little bit about how you started your support in Cambridge or, you know, what was your, what did that look like for you growing up? Um, so for me, support in Cambridge came back because my, um, my dad was born in a place called Water Beach, which is literally like five miles from the ground. Um, okay. But a very sort of, when he was still quite young, he moved to a town called Bedford, which is sort of just, just next to Cambridge, really. Um, but my dad was never really into football at first. He, um, my dad was a, is an ex-rugby player who played for Bedford. Um, okay. And he had to, uh, he ended up having to sort of retire really early because of injury, like early 20s. Right. Um, and because of injuries, he had a really bad shoulder injury, he had to give up playing rugby. And so then he like, threw himself into work, but come the weekends he wouldn't do anything and he'd watch his old schoolmates going off to football games and then they'd all meet in the pub on a Saturday night and they'd talk about football and he'd go yeah. well I've done nothing I've done nothing today I've done fuck all, all my highlight of my day is coming to the pub um, <laughs> so then it was a choice because he had some mates who were Ipswich Town fans and some mates who were Cambridge United fans what a choice of, well of the two he went Cambridge United obviously <laughs> and then obviously with the connection of being born in Waterbeach um, is, that, it cause it, is that because it was closer it was closer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Water Beach closer to Cambridge. And um, also, like, there was obviously the, the talks about, uh, some people said, well, why wasn't he a Bedford Town fan? Well, Bedford Town just gone bust. Bedford is such a shit town, we didn't have a football team. <laughs> At the time, we didn't have a football team. for. We went bust, and then for a few years, it took us a couple of years to reform. So then it was like, oh, I'll go to Port Cambridge where I was born. And so my dad went there. It was also the, my dad, when he was born, the first game he went to was a Cambridge game when he was probably about three years old. Um, when he was still living in Warbeach. So the connection made sense there to go back to, to Cambridge and do that. Um, and then, yeah, I've been going with my dad since I was about three, four years old. Um, my first game, I was um, I was like, I, I was less than one years old. Um, we were playing Blackpool at the Millennium Stadium because the new Wembley was being built. Okay. And, um, 
we lost in the final of something that was like the Johnson Paint Trophy, or like the old oh, name no. for that, so it's some shitty cup. But yeah. that was like my first game, and then from like sort of, my God, went to game for the age of like four or five. My dad would take me to to, to games because um, we'd regularly back in Bedford, where most of our family still lived, and came just a half hour drive away. So uh, you know, we'd be there once a month. So we'd go see a home game, um, which was great. Uh, but we moved we moved to Leeds. Um, when I was still quite young so we ended up going to a lot more away games than home games and still now I still live in Leeds um, so we go to a lot more away games than home games um, I try and get to two a month two three a month yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah a lot a lot more away games um, but I, I, I love an away game it's I think it's it's great like there's nothing quite compares to that feeling of like being at home when you go home and you're there and you're like this is this is where we belong there's a re- and especially when you don't get to go regularly that's really special yeah, um, yeah but the away day going into the lion's den and trying to and, and stirring something up and creating that that bit of magic that bit of that moment there's nothing quite like that i really really enjoy it yeah i love that yeah, almost, you're almost like invaders aren't you oh yeah you sort of t- you take over that town for the afternoon 100 percent, yeah and particularly, obviously, if if you get the win, it, it's like you you know you're going home victorious. Oh yeah, you, you you've conquered it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it yeah, feels exactly. like. You've you've conquered it. You've you've you, you walk out like you own the town. Like <laughs> it's great, especially like because like Cambridge. Since I've been following, so I've been following since about three years old. So I started following Cambridge when they're in non-league, when they're in the conference, and we had nine years in the conference before a few of the years then in, in League Two. Now we're in League One, and it's the highest level I've ever seen Cambridge play at, right? <laughs> but back in those days, in the conference days, when you are going to tiny, tiny towns, you go yeah. into Braintree, like, and it's like, we, we, we're an old historical club, we've got an established fan base, so it was, you bring in a couple of thousand Cambridge fans, to Braintree, <laughs> you're, you're taking over the town, like, and there's something really quite special about that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely agree. And it's it was similar for Luton. Luton had a a mm. long spell in the conference, and we got they, promoted out of the conference at the same time. Yeah, so yeah, we did. So it's um, I know exactly what you mean, and and that'll be you know perfect for this podcast because we don't want to just hear about people going to, you know, the big stadiums. We want yeah, to hear about going to the shit tips. You know, that's, yes. <laughs> that's what makes away days great as well. I think is going to different oh, towns and, and oh, having yeah. different experiences. I know I've got friends who are Newcastle fans. Newcastle got relegated, and of course, when teams get relegated from the Premier League, everyone thinks it's the end of the world. But actually, it gives those fans a chance to experience, you know, yeah. some sm- some uh, different places to go. They're winning every week. You're going to different grounds. You get to see to see new sites. I, you know, there, there is some positives to. Um, to relegation so can you then i know you mentioned that that first game at the millennium stadium that is impressive what's the what's the first away day you can remember so i gen- i don't can't quite remember what my first away day was but it does go back to the conference days and when i think of early games i think of mansfield town <laughs> which is which honestly if you're listening to this podcast just prepare to be depressed <laughs> that's all i can tell you <laughs> it's like the, the mansfield town is what i remember going to quite a lot because again it's you know, fairly northern so we could travel there from leeds quite easily yeah. um and they, they also had, they had quite a good ground in Mansfield Town. I've got nothing against. They had, they had quite a good ground, and every game was there's a little bit a niggle, a little bit of tastiness going on. I remember yeah. one of the earliest games I can remember actually. We had a winger called um, 
oh, I can't remember his first James James Jennings that was his name and he um, he broke his nose 15 minutes into a game from a <laughs> swinging arm swinging arm of a defender into the face broke his arm but he was famously at the time he was our pretty boy so right. I remember this like row of like middle aged women in front of us being like Jennings no <laughs> just seemed really great but there was always a little bit of niggle at those games so I remember that and then my other one is uh, Kettering Town I remember going to Kettering Town quite a lot in the early days, um, quite close to Cambridge. So, well, you know, Harfampton came to Leeds, so can it, you could go to it on the way home from Cambridge. We'd visit family in Bedford at Cambridge, yeah. and then we'd come up, and on the way back to Leeds, we'd start off from Kettering, um, and you'd see the game in Northamptonshire. Um, or you'd then, things like that, I remember quite a lot. It always used to be trying to fit in a game on the way back from visiting family, so that there was something positive to come from visiting family. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, they're the games I remember. Mansfield, Kettering, Rushton and Diamonds as well. The, oh, the short-lived nice. Rushton and Diamonds. Yeah. I remember going there quite a bit as well. They were they were the early ones. Yeah. That was the Dr. Martin Stadium, wasn't it? Was that then? <sighs> I can't remember the stadium, but I remember being really impressed as like a six-year-old going to Rushton and Diamonds because, again, we were in non-league and I think it was the first ground I'd seen that had a big screen. <laughs> and I think I'm being really impressed by that. <laughs> it had, like, had this big screen, but it, all it had was like pixels on it, so it wouldn't show replays. It's like if there was a goal, it would just have like a pixelated graphic, like it was like pong. Like <laughs> I just, but I remember the six shot being like, "This is amazing." <laughs> like, I'm being really impressed by that. And well, the, the word the word diamonds, you know, that in itself suggests some level of glamorous. Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Not so much Rushton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do remember going to Russian Diamonds a couple of times. Um, that, that's quite, again, they're, they're early ones I remember that are quite, quite romanticised in my head now because I remember going a couple of times where it was like, it was snowing and it was like, but really heavily, it was bloody freezing. But I remember like, I quite, if we couldn't get into a pub somewhere, we'd always go and try and get into the supporters club of the team, right? And if they'd let in away fans, great. And I remember going into that one at Russian Diamonds because there was a picture in the corner from when, England beat Germany in the 80s or 90s. I can't remember, but it was it was like the 5-2 or whatever, something like that. Okay. And there was this big picture in the corner. And in the picture, on the, in the very middle of the picture, behind the goal, you could see someone with an England flag that had Cambridge United written on it. <laughs> Through like, right, that's our corner of the sports club. <laughs> we, we're claiming that as our own. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that. That was always a good one. So can, yeah. have you, have you, can you, have you got like a favourite from... That time in the in the lower leagues, the non-league, a favourite place that used to go, or some, somewhere that really stands out. I do, and I'm very glad you asked because I I love this club. I want to give them a proper honourable mention because they have had the shittest time, <laughs> financially fucked. They've moved grounds about four times in like a hundred year history. Um, genuinely, one of my favourite away days of all time is Northwich Victoria. <laughs> yeah, genuinely, tell, <laughs> us, about, tell us about it. Then specifically North Victoria at the short-lived Victoria Stadium, which was only up for about five years. <laughs> it was brilliant. So you would get the you'd get the train to Northwich. Yeah. And you'd get off the train at this tiny little village station, right? And you'd walk along the canal. You'd walk about a mile on the canal and there was about three or four pubs along the way. So I'm with my dad. My dad doesn't drive, hence why we got the train. Right. So my dad's having a pint in every pub on the canal. Right. <laughs> so you're going into the pub, you're seeing different Cambridge fans in every pub along the way and when you get to the ground the ground's this tiny this small ground but it still had a bit of an atmosphere about it and 
I remember going a couple of times. We only ever seem to play them early in the season. So it's like August time. So it's blazing hot, peak of summer. It's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. class. And their fans, you know, they, they don't have a huge fan base, but they made some noise and, and, and they knew who they were, which is what I really liked. They knew they were a tiny club who, even at conference level, they were punching. <laughs> like, they knew it. But what I really remember about Northwood Victoria is you would come home and if you come you get back to the train station and because it was such a small station if you got back with all the other cambridge fans it was brilliant because the whole station was full of cambridge fans because it's tiny little village station but if you didn't and if you went back to the pub or whatever and you got back and there was only five or six people at the station you had to flag down the train like it was a bus because otherwise (laughs) it wouldn't stop right that's how small the station was <laughs> you had to flag down the train and i remember hearing the story about we've got a few there's a few cambridge fans who live up in yorkshire now and they set up the yorkshire use and they right. post about things like that and there's one guy who sort of runs it it's a guy called vessi um who i've never really chatted to and i hope he listens to this because uh, he's, he's a cult hero and i've never spoken to him but it's a guy called vessi and he um he tells a story about how he at Norfolk victoria he got he had a torch he bought a torch specifically for the game just so we could flag down the train because it's a Tuesday night game. <laughs> he bought a torch specifically for this game. He turned up the station and he's having to wave the torch at the train, right, to try and get some and the train still didn't stop. <laughs> just, I think there's something so brilliant about that. Um, but they did, they knew who they were and that's what I loved about them. They, they yeah, knew who they yeah. were and we went in the summer and you, you've got this beautiful walk along the canal you're stopping pubs on the way and every stop you're seeing Cambridge fans that you recognise in other games and that in a in a very very dark period of Cambridge United, that is one of the highlights that I that really is, like. I hold on to a lot. Yeah, that, that is great. <laughs> I mean, it sounds amazing. It sounds almost <laughs> almost a bit like Fulham walking along the Thames, but maybe the, the but, non-league. Uh, yeah, not, not, <laughs> yeah, the lower league version. It was canal into council estate. I left that down, but uh... and, and probably. As you said, the sunshine probably had something to do with that nice memory as well. Probably very different oh, yeah. if it was there's... if it was uh, pissing down with rain. Yeah, yeah. There's something dramatically like romanticised about my memories of it, and just being little and being like, it's really exciting. I'm going to a football match. Like, yeah, get, getting to go with my dad. So that was really exciting. And my, and my younger brother as well, getting to go with him. So that was something really exciting. That's amazing. So, what what is your favourite thing about an away day? I said it earlier. It's, it's going into the lion's den. It's yeah. it's it's that the hostile nature is I quite like. Yeah. But I also like like getting to. I've seen more places in the UK because of football, <laughs> like than any other reason. Because quite frankly, why would you explore the UK? Most yeah. of it is shit. <laughs> like, it doesn't need to be said to it. Most of it's rubbish. Yeah. Right. So. I've been, I've been to it, so I quite like that. And you're getting to go to different places and sort of tick it off. And yeah, I quite the idea of going to, I've been to this stadium or this stadium and then getting able to throw out those things. But also you get, I think you get the best stories from away days. You get, I think your best stories come yeah. from, you obviously get your really romantic ones, things like cup finals and stuff like that. and yeah. Or p- playoffs or things like that, or surviving relegation at home, whatever. But I think some of your best, just funniest stories come from away days, like yeah. Northwich Victoria, <laughs> Braintree, like those kind of places. That's where you get your best stories. Yeah. And th- I think you're right. They do, they do stick in the memory for longer as well, don't they? Oh, 100%. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, definitely. And as you said, you get to explore different places, probably places that you, you certainly wouldn't be going there for a weekend away w- with your partner, would you? If, if it was... No, um, yeah. You wouldn't choose to go to Barnsley, would you? That's not, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> not a choice anyone's made. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, that's amazing. Okay, and do you have a do you have like a particular routine when you go into an away day? Do you always? Are you, did you say you always get the train? Uh, no, now I've now I'm older. I've learned to drive. I tend to drive to most of my games. When we were younger, it would be a, very occasionally we'd get the train, and that was quite special when you got to get the train, especially as a kid. You know, like you yeah. get to go on the train. It's quite something quite nice about that. Yeah, um, I like the train. But my, my my dad doesn't drive, so my mum used to drive us to all the games. She's got okay. very interest in football. I think she's only been to maybe four Cambridge games, one at home um, and three at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, she came to Old Trafford with us as well when we got them in the cup. So she, I think she's only been to five games games, but she's driven us to bloody hundreds. <laughs> like, what, what a woman. Like, <laughs> phenomenal work from her. So, so um, what's, she, what's she doing while you're in the ground? Um, she is finding some, well, there's a story about it that I, I would probably end up telling later, but there is, um, she will, she finds something to do in the town. If it's a shit cell, she's going to sit in a coffee shop for two hours. <laughs> I remember, um, we used to like, we're, we're at a similar level as Northampton town. And when they play them, that's next to like a big, like, um, like retail outlet but it had a cinema so she'd just go to see a film by the time the <laughs> film would finish she'd come and pick us up but she's like it was great because sometimes she'd go oh I saw a really good film but sometimes you know you play Northampton and there'd be no decent films on she'd be like I'll try this and she'd come out she'd be like how was the game we'd go oh terrible how was the film yeah also terrible like, <laughs> what a waste of everyone's time like, it's just... <laughs> no way I can't believe your mum used to drive you around the country following she, yeah, she and did. not even she go in no, yeah, 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 she's got very little interest in football. Um, so would, very, you, would, she, would she be taking you like sort of two, three hour journeys? It, it would never be like that far. It would tend to be probably like, she. well, she took us to Mansfield a couple of times, which is like sometimes that, and she took us some places was like an hour and a half away, or she'd take us to places and it'd be like a detour, um, or if it was a big game. So, you know, we drew Man United in the Cup, in the FA Cup a few years back, the first year we were in League Two. And um, the first year we were back in League Two, and we drew with them at home and got a replay. And, you know, that was phenomenal. And so she, that was a huge game. So Tuesday yeah. night, yeah, I'll drive you to Manchester. And she came into that one. And that was, that was it great. And the whole sort of, again, those moments you sort of create. It's like she's come to, every time we've been at Wembley, she's come, she's come to Wembley to watch, to watch with us. And that's been really special. Um, so, yeah, but she does. She does. She put a, a shift in, and now I drive. I sort of feel like I owe it back. But also, my, my dad has never learned to drive, but I think yeah. he still feels like I owe it to him to drive him around the country. Like, <laughs> but you know what? Fair play because he's a uh, you know bought the tickets a lot when we were kids. Bought the match day programs. Bought yeah. the shirts. Those kind of things. So did you always? Do you always? Do you have like a? Is it, oh, you said you you tried to get into the supporters clubs if possible. Yeah, so for me now, it's like I, I drive to most of the games, but it'll be my dad and my brother tend to come when my brother's back from university. Um, and my cousin lives in, has just moved from Bedford to Darwin, just outside Blackburn. So if right. we've got a Northern away game, we tend to go and pick him up or he comes and stays the night in Leeds and then we take him to the game with us because it's, it's really nice and we get to sort of get him involved. Um, but we'll, we'll like the routine tends to be get up in the morning and my mum, she won't drive, but she'll cook us a big breakfast and she does a good job of it. <laughs> and it's fancy. Big breakfast set me up for the day. And then we'll, we'll, I'll then probably drive us down. And then it'll be, um, you know, we'll, we'll 
get there an hour, two hours early, and we'll we'll have a we'll have a drink either in a local pub somewhere. Back yeah. in the days of the of non-league, when there were some places that there were no pubs near, it would be in the sports club. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now it's like get get into one of the local pubs that's talked about or that has been mentioned, uh, and, and like have a pint there, then yeah. into the ground, yeah. and then you know come out of the ground afterwards and could probably go back into the pub if like traffic's bad or whatever get home and then it's it's tea and match of a day and that's the that's the routine like. and you mentioned so did you always ask your dad to buy you a program i think when we were younger we go to um whenever we go to home games we go with two of my dad's mates from school called keith and martin right. um and we go we, we meet them and keith has a massive collection of programs he used to buy a program for everyone so right. we'd go to away games my dad would buy a program we'd look at it during the game and then we'd go and get when next time we went to a home game which you know rarely we'd maybe get to five a year or whatever we'd see keith and martin we'd hand it we'd hand over all the away ones we had to keith and keith get out <laughs> especially the ones that keith hadn't been to that ground before so we always used to buy programs um when they were cheaper and not full of adverts <laughs> which yeah, makes it sound so boring but it's true <laughs> when programs were decent we used to uh buy a program um and things and and stuff and Every few years, once we've grown out an old shirt, we get a new shirt. Yeah, I can't say I've looked at a um, a program recently, actually. I buy one now if it's from a team that I'm like, I never thought we'd play this team. So this year, like, we played Derby, (laughs) which is so boring again. That's so depressing that I never thought we'd play Derby. But like, (laughs) I went to Derby this year and bought the program. But what really annoyed about Derby, it was in the festive period when you're playing games quite close together. Yeah. It was a double-sided program. So you had it one way and it said Cambridge, Derby versus Cambridge. But if you flipped it and reversed it and read it from the back, it was Derby versus Accrington. (laughs) They've got a double, I was like, I was fuming at that. Like, we don't even get our own programme for the game. Like, cheap bastards. Cheap bastards at Derby. Well, they got no money up there, in fairness. So that's why yeah, they're in our league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why we play them. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned shirts. Are you... Uh, so I think most kids like to have a replica shirt when they're little, do they? Where, where do you stand on the grown men wearing replica shirts? I don't, I don't mind it. I'm not going to. I quite now. I'm a bit older. I, I, I never, I hardly ever get home shirt now. I, I hardly ever replace. I will only ever replace a shirt now if it's like completely tattered. When you're a kid, it's like you grow out of it every couple of years. So you need, yeah. you, you, you need a new one, right? And so, so you're asking dad, will you stick it on your birthday list or whatever? But now I'm like a bit older. I never tend to get anyone. I quite like if we have like a, an interesting away kit. So we had an away kit that like. Um, resembled when we had in the 90s when we when we were doing quite well in the 90s and we almost got promoted into the first ever premier league and it was right. like it was inspired by that so i was like oh, i'll get that it's quite nice i need a new one because my shirt's falling apart yeah. um or like you know it's, if i want to give a bit of money to the club or whatever it's, i'll buy a like a coat which has a badge on it just because i need a coat anyway but yeah. in terms of replica shirts now yeah i've got i've got a couple but um none that i necessarily like yeah. I, I do I do wear them to football I do wear them to football and like I quite I don't have a scarf or anything like that if I had a scarf that'd be quite cool but I, I don't take it overboard that's yeah. you know I like I, I just like the shirt or like I'm wearing the training jacket at the minute <laughs> just because yeah, it looks quite cool yeah. You're yeah. Not, but you're not going in in shorts and shin pads 
No, fucking hell, no, <laughs> no, not not that level, not that level. And similarly, I'm not going in with a fucking half and half scarf from a cup game from ten years ago. I don't personally. I don't think there's anything worse than a half and half scarf. <laughs> the half and half, and, pro, half and half program. That was up there because why the hell would I want to read about Accrington? <laughs> that was up there. It was awful, but the, the half and half scarf, I. Um, yeah, I hate a half and half scarf. I think that's widely accepted in the football community, yeah. isn't it? That they're they, awful. They need to get in the bin. <laughs> they need to get in the bin, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we've heard we've heard a little bit about um Northwich Victorian. That sounds like it's, it was obviously one of the your most favourite places to go. Yes. Can you tell <laughs> us now then maybe in terms of some bigger grounds that you've enjoyed visiting? Yeah, I've got one in particular that I've written down and it, it pained me to do it because okay. I hate the whole um, sort of idea that the North East is the most passionate football place. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. We drawn die for our club and we because it's not. It's not the big it's not the big uh, the big passionate place. It's not the beating heart of football like they like to pretend they are. <laughs> However, in saying that the best ground I can genuinely think of for atmosphere and just walking in and fully being taken back is the stadium of light. Sunderland is a, it's a, it's a there's something really special about that place. Okay. And it's, uh, I've only been once right? and it was last season when we, they were in league one with us. Um, and it was just, I, I remember like that season we went to some bigger grounds. We went to Sheffield Wednesday for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you've gone to some bigger grounds. You're like, mm. you know, we went to Bolton and Wigan as well, you know, ex-Premier League sides. We were like, oh, this is quite impressive. Yeah. I mean, like, turn up at Sundance, you're like, and the thought process was, because we'd seen it at Bolton and Wigan, was that these are ex-Premier League times, all like Portsmouth as well, where these are ex-Premier League sides and they've got massive grounds and they don't get, you know, they fill a quarter of it. And yeah. it's like, yeah. the atmosphere then is dying. Like, Bolton... Bolton is a shocker of a. It's it's soulless. I'm sorry to any Bolton fans. You grouch. <laughs> like it is. It, you know, unless you can't only fill a third of your ground and pretend you're a mad footballing place because even your ground's massive. It just it's awful. It's just sad. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Those grounds that are like in the middle of retail parks as well, nowhere yeah. near, the, nowhere near the town yeah. centre. Like exactly, said, yeah. all, there's nothing around them. I do think yeah, Bolton and, and same with Derby. Derby's Derby's soulless like that. It really is. But Sunderland, they we got there and it was full forty five minutes before kickoff, and the noise was impeccable. Like yeah. it's unbelievable and it, it was one of the few times i've gone into a ground and gone and, and been hit by that wall i've just been totally in awe of it yeah and just gone this is absolutely amazing and it also pains to say because one of my good mates is a sunderland fan and, <laughs> and he he bows down to this whole football in northeast we're massively passionate yeah. but it, it, sunderland is a phenomenal the stadium like is a phenomenal ground it's there's something really, really special about it. There is. Yeah. Okay. And Sunderland is home to the one pound point, which is about 200 meters up the road from the ground. So <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't, can't, you can't diss that. It's an experience. You can't argue with that. Can you? <laughs> what, what, what pint of what though? That's what I, I want to ask. I, I who, who knows? <laughs> I think that's part of the joy of it. The mystery. <laughs> <laughs> 
And how was your head the next day after some of those as well? Well, yeah. Well, I think you have to do one when you're in Sunderland. You have to have a one pound pint, and then you go never again. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here now, then, because I know that cool. you've been to St James's Park. I'm actually I used to have a season ticket at Newcastle, so okay. I am originally from the northeast. I. D- I know what you're saying about Northeast fans, but I think, like you said, there is something about them. They are they are passionate. So I guess I'm wanting to ask you, how did St. James's Park compare to Sunderland? So ground and atmosphere-wise, both amazing. Yeah. And it was very close between the two. But for me, Sunderland, because it, it's that ever so bit smaller and you feel like you're more sort of on top of it yeah. and you're all sort of more crammed together. Yeah. There's something about it. And Newcastle, St. James, just feels a... Sunderland has this air of like, it, it's modern, but it's not modern. Whereas St. James's feels like... Blooming with you, like, you know, in the behind one of the goals, you've got a stand where it's like half it looks like it's made of windows. Yeah. You know, you know what the real bit I mean? Yeah. Well, that's almost like space age in a bit, which is cool, but that's where, like, I just think, like, Sunderland's one, there's a bit of old, old grit and a bit of it's a bit more tasty, I think. Needs um, a, it needs a lick of paint, you mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fine, I'll take that, but it, it just there's something about it, it just feels a bit more when you go as an away fan, it's like it's a bit more hostile, <laughs> yeah, just, just a bit, not much, and that, that was the only thing between them, but. It, it, it was difficult not to say Newcastle. I do have Newcastle away as the the best ever away day. Okay, uh, so, so, so tell tell us about that then. Um, Newcastle away FA Cup third round, the eighth of January, twenty twenty two. Right, <laughs> not just the greatest away day, the second best day of my life. <laughs> the first, the the best day of my life getting promoted back into the football league okay i don't have a wife i don't have a partner i don't i'm not married i don't have kids i can say this shit's fine <laughs> at some point that'll have to change but at the minute I'm, no I'm, to be honest, there's probably a lot of people who who rank football achievements higher than all of those things anyway <laughs> but it's like genuinely like the second best my life newcastle away 8th january last year just phenomenal and i think you know, going, you draw, you're sitting there waiting for the draw in December time, November, December time. And you're like, you just want a big draw just to make some money. You just want a moment. And and we'd played probably six, seven, eight years previously. We, we got the, the big money draw against Man United and we had them at home and we got a nil-nil draw. Um, and our keeper, Tom, uh, Chris Dunn, that day was brilliant and not only saved but also took out robin van percy which has gone down in cambridge folklore uh, is he saved a one-on-one from radamel falcao and angel Di maria hit the bar right it's brilliant at the abbey right it's brilliant um but for that we like eight years previously we got that tie we drew with them at the abbey we got to go to man united we lost three nil at man united annoyingly to now the three players who scored for them were three of, I think, arguably the shittest players to have ever played for Man United. Marcus Rojo, yeah. Marouane yeah. Fellaini, and James Wilson. <laughs> right? Which is, that's really sad. And at the time, everyone was like, James Wilson's going to be the next big thing. A year later, he's at Aberdeen. Right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's, he's in Cambridge's league now, isn't he? Below us. He's playing for Salford. Is he? <laughs> he's in League Two. <laughs> It was but yeah, genuinely like fucking heartbreaking that. Um, so Newcastle away, you turn up at Newcastle and, and the big thing is like, my brother is at university in Hartlepool. 
Right. Because um, as well as being Cambridge fans, we really like to depress ourselves, <laughs> send ourselves into places like that. Nice choice for university. Yes, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's at the Northern School of Art, which sounds really fancy, and then you find out it's in Hartlepool. <laughs> um, but he's, um, he's a, so it was great because we could, we could drive up there, pick up my brother from Hartlepool, go into Newcastle. And I remember being in the car with my dad and my brother, and my brother going, we picked him up and he went, oh, I'm feeling really nervous. Well, I, I don't know how to feel that. And I'm in the front going, I'm absolutely fine because as long as we don't embarrass ourselves, it doesn't matter. We're going to make some money out of this. It's going to be great. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's an experience. We're going to St. James's. I'm not nervous at all. To Get a few drinks beforehand and my brother is just silent. And my brother is one of the ones who is, uh, the way I describe my brother is the complete opposite of me. Right? So he is okay. like very... Uh, very laddie, very sort of, uh, and when he goes to the games, he gets, you know, he likes the singing and the shouting and the getting in people's faces and he likes starting <laughs> a bit of, you know, start, starting a bit of, uh, of aggro with other fans, which is when we're in the ground, not when we're outside, when we're in the ground, then fucking meet, hundreds of metres away. Um, so, but he was silent in this pub beforehand and we get into the ground and I specifically remember as soon as the whistle went, he started losing it and he was just building up and building up and started losing it and genuinely two minutes to the game, he shouted in my ear, uh, George Williams has got San Maximan in his pocket and that, <laughs> two minutes into the tie and I feel like that was, that was a real turning point in the game. <laughs> but, you know, the game goes on, we get to half time and we're nil-nil and you're like, just hold on, boys. Get a replay. Bring back to our place. Make a bit more money. You know, see what happens. Just hold yeah. on, boys. And we only go and bloody score. And it's, you know, it's fortuitous. Uh, we injured Martin Dubravka, their goalkeeper, in the lead-up to the goal. It was sort of a spin and half sort of missed shot from Joe Ironside, who it grew up in the northeast. I'd lied to Alan Shearer. And he's just oh, scored at St. James's against Newcastle. And the whole place erupts. And then it goes to VAR. And we're a Cambridge fan. I've never seen VAR being used in person. I've seen it on match of a day when they shorten it down. Yeah. So you're there for what feels like an age waiting for this VAR decision. Yeah. Comes up yeah. as guard. The whole place erupts again. Bonkers scenes, right? Absolutely mad. I've only just holding on. And our goalkeeper that day, Dimitar Mitov, game of his life like absolutely phenomenal um he, he pulled off probably three outstanding saves the la- and a couple of amazing double saves but the last one in the very last minute the last kick of the game pretty much corner for newcastle comes in joe linson free header hits it beautifully into the top corner yeah. and mitoff tips over the bar and it's just that was just the moment you go we bloody won it and what was even more special about that for me is that that was came at just the right point for Cambridge. It came at just the right point where in sort of when we needed it in the, in the timeline and the history, it came at the perfect point because we had gone through so much shit before getting to that point. We've been in the conference for nine years. Yeah. We yeah. financial trouble club on the edge of ruin. Um, people relying on just volunteers every game and random people's donations. And then you get promoted into League Two, you're like, things are looking up. And then very quickly it starts to go wrong again. And again, people talking about financial issues and the dream tie against Man United then goes, where did the money go from that? That pound million pound game, yeah. where did that money go? And no one knew really. And there was all sorts of dodgy things going on. The club wasn't being run efficiently. And it was a nightmare. And you've gone through all of that. And then we, the year we, we had two awful managers before we, we had so we had Richard Money who got us promoted from the conference into League Two. I remember and, him, uh, Luton had him for a spell. 
And yeah. actually, he, he was involved with Newcastle for a bit as well. Yeah, he was honest as a manager, brilliant. And he got us, and forever a legend because he got us out of the conference yeah. and he did amazing things. But fundamentally, the biggest arsehole we'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> Regularly, we just we criticise the fans, and it was like, what are you doing? Like he would, he's one of these managers come up and go, I don't feel like the fans are getting behind us. It's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> really, really stupid. And so we got, he then got rid of him and we brought in a guy called Sean Derry. And Sean Derry is fundamentally, I believe, the worst manager in Cambridge history because we didn't get relegated. We always stayed in League Two, but we were the worst team to watch. Attendances <laughs> dwindled massively. I remember going to games and being 20 minutes in and going, why are we here? Like it was just so the whole thing was so negative. So what was it? Was, so what was it? What was the type style of football? Yeah, it was it was this long ball, sit back forever, long ball, sit back forever. Because we had a player up front called Uche Pezu, who imagine Akin Fenwar's little brother. That's yeah. the only way I can describe him. <laughs> like he was just smaller than him, but he was a unit. Like he's like huge. He also had like a decent amount of pace on him. He was a cracking. To be fair, he's a cracking player, and we should have used him better. But because he was so massive, we were just like lump a ball up to him, see what happens, uh, and then just defend, 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 defend. And he ended up getting rid of a. He fallen out with players and getting rid of a couple of legends, and and that was. It was really hard to watch, and it was just you felt like the club was going the wrong direction again. And he wasn't the manager. This thing where he was the head coach, and we had a director of football. Yeah, I said like, we're not. We're, I mean, again, we were pretending to be something we weren't, and that was really difficult. And then eventually, the results got so poor that we had to sack him, and we brought in a guy called Joe Dunn, and Joe Dunn was his number two, and he did all right for a bit. But eventually, we had to get rid of him. We brought in a guy called Colin Coldwood doing the same thing as Derry, really, only slightly better. Got rid of him, and then in comes Mark Bonner, and Mark Bonner has coached every age group at Cambridge. Right. Every age group. He's a Cambridge fan. There is this beautiful story that as a kid, he was um, in school with his brother and they asked him and his brother and the the whole class, what do you want to be when you grow up? And his brother wrote, I want to play for Cambridge United. And Mark wrote, I want to manage Cambridge United. That's (laughs) incredible. It's a really lovely thing. And he is now the manager. And I fundamentally believe the best manager we've ever had. Because not necessarily results wise. I mean, he got us out of League Two, got us promoted. Uh, yeah. We got promoted a second. We really, I think, even Cheltenham, who won the league that year, I think even a lot of their fans would turn around and go, "We probably we should have won it. We we bottled winning the league." Um, but we got promoted, and that's all that mattered. And then really won. But the thing about Bonner is because he knows the club so well, and he's gone for every age group. The feeling around the club was so positive, and the players wanted to play for us and the fans wanted to come to games and you'd see Mark walking about in Cambridge and it was a really, really like special thing and he loves the club and it, and, and then he comes in and then we get a new, well, just before he came in, just before he was appointed, a new owner came in, Paul Barry, who's a Cambridge fan, a Cambridge fan owns the club okay, and, and we have an owner and then, you know, uh, he comes in, Mark comes in, we get promoted, gets to January, and just before the Newcastle game, there's talks of buying back our ground. We've had to rent our ground for ages because we sold it off because some dodgy guy on the board said, well, I'll sell it back to you eventually, and he never did. Um, he went, I'll buy it off you to relieve the pressure financially, and I'll sell it back to you eventually, and he never did. And Paul Barry comes in, and a couple of weeks before the Newcastle game, there's chat of, we're going to buy back the Abbey. We're going to buy back everyone's like, oh, wow, cool. And then we go to Newcastle, and we play Newcastle, and we win. And just in that moment, it was this beautiful sort of rounded story arc where it was like, this is, this is it. This is what it is to be 
a Cambridge fan. And for the first time in a long time, I'm so proud to be a Cambridge fan. Um, and you hadn't felt like that for so long. Yeah. It's like when you got to that point, it was really like, it was really emotional for more than just the result. The result was just the ending of something. Um, and it just, it really, that culminated probably 15 years, 15, 16, 17 years of, of really hard work and, and sh- awful, awful times culminated in that moment. And then, you know, two weeks later, we did buy back the Abbey. And then it's like, it just continued for so long. And that last season, the last two seasons for me are the, the best seasons being a Cambridge fan. That's the best. It's been, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. And we're at the highest level of a since player. And I'll be honest, this year we're having a really tough season. We're really struggling. But there's still something where I'm like, I wouldn't get rid of Bonner at this point. Yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think it's worth doing. If we ever were in a situation where he needed to go, I think he'd walk. I don't think we'd have to sack him. But right now we don't need to do that. Even in worst game to worst, we were to get relegated, which could realistically happen this season. There's no way I'd get rid of him because yeah. Yeah. he's done it before. His links with the club are fantastic. He his ethos is brilliant. Players want to play for us. For God's sake, he managed to sign Wes Houlihan. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> like just like, it's some of these are phenomenal moments that and he is the like, beating heart of the club, and he 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 encapsulates that, and that's what I that's what I so that Newcastle game was just a summary of all the good things to have come from going through shit. Yeah. <laughs> you go through so many shit things for that beautiful moment. That's that's what it it was a culmination of all those things. That's why that game has to be the best not just away game the best game um, it's probably just behind getting promoted back into the football league in the playoff final at Wembley yeah. it's probably yeah. just behind that but it was just phenomenal and there's, there's no other word for it yeah that's incredible and I think you know everyone listening is probably going to be a football fan so we'll understand that feeling but I think the way you've explained that just really shows what football means to people and yeah, you know, it is. It, it isn't just that one day, is it? It isn't just that one game, as you said. It's a culmination of having such a shit, oh, yeah. shit, shit time. Um, and you know, we're now seeing, aren't we, with Newcastle getting to um, the cup final this week after they've yeah. had, you know, a difficult period with a difficult owner. So, it, it, I think that's amazing yeah. the, the way you've explained that. And and Newcastle then, as so as a place, a, a ground to visit, a good, a, a nice ground to visit, a good ground to visit. Oh, quality. Yeah. St. James is amazing. Um, Newcastle, the city is brilliant and the people are great. And that was the other thing about that game that I meant to say is it, it was, um, it wasn't the first game under the Saudi owners, but it was quite new under the Saudi owners. Okay. And it was quite new under Eddie Howe. And it was also Kieran Trippier's debut. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was also Kieran Trippier's debut. And I'll be honest, Trippier probably had the worst game of his life that day. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't good, but he'd like thrown him from Madrid the day before yeah. and they put him in the starting lineup. Um, so there was those things as well. There was all those things about it. But because the new owners had come in, they'd lowered the price for home fans. So what it meant was the ground was full. Yeah. It was completely full. And so the atmosphere was phenomenal. Like it was just, again, another one of those ones you walk in, you're like, oh my God. Like, and I remember... The moment I thought Newcastle scored and it was ruled out for VAR, but when Newcastle scored, the 
you're watching because we were in the gods we're right at the top in the tightest bit of the stand you watch three sides of of the ground leap up and that was like fair play i don't mind him scoring because that was incredible <laughs> that was unbelievable getting to see that yeah. and then they rule out for var and you're like not oh, even better fucking great <laughs> yeah, Just, they, yeah they, they can be loud can't you but and that's oh, yeah. i think fa cup fa cup was it the third round then of the fa cup yeah was the third round? Yeah, the third round last year. And that, um, I think that is, for me, well, that's certainly my favourite weekend of the the football calendar, <sighs> the FA Cup third round. Yeah, and, I think people, it gets a bad rap. I think people do say it's all like cliched now. And since the BBC got the FA Cup back and they do all this whole magic of the cup and everyone thinks it's a bit cliched, it is still really special. Yeah. I think people do hype it up sometimes a bit too much. And I think it does become this cliche, but it is really special, especially for those lower teams when you're like, that made our season <laughs> that that meant we made we might have just made a profit for the season yeah. we might have just because of that game and that's where it's like that's 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 special <laughs> it's it's a it's an unbelievable unbelievable feat that's yeah. great and I, and I bet the um the result made it a lot easier to walk back down those stairs because it's a long way up isn't it it's a bloody long way <laughs> it's a long old way yeah i remember as well we, we were going back afterwards and like yeah, we're walking. We're walking back through Newcastle, taking our time. Just like, just can't believe what's happened. And um, we get back to the car park, and it's like a huge queue to get back into the car park. So we're like, well, we'll just we'll go for a drink somewhere. Yeah. And we go in this pub, and it's literally, it's it's you know, it's not it's it's pretty empty. It's pretty dead. But there's like six tables. There's six tables of all Cambridge fans. But I swear to God, it was silent, dead silent. Like, everyone's in mm. groups, but no one. Because I remember sitting there with my dad and my brother. And just not being able to say anything because all of us have been like, this is unbelievable. What's just happened? And then absolutely phenomenally, a bloke who must have been in his 70s, who was a Cambridge fan, walks into the pub, opens the door. It's all silent. And he just went, opens the door. Never in doubt. <laughs> that is <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and that was literally just like, what have we just done? <laughs> what have we just done? Uh, you know, our little club. Many, just gone and done that. How many Cambridge fans had gone to that then? Oh, I can't be sure off the top of my head. I want to say our allocation was 5,000. That's what I want to say because I know it wasn't loads. Yeah. Because, and there were a lot of, because it's such a long way from Cambridge, there were people who went, you had to like, getting tickets was going to be more difficult and then it was like getting travel and some people did turn around and go, do we do it, do we not? Because we, we you know, we're never going to win. And, yeah. learn. and so I remember that people being a bit like that and some fans having to basically be convinced to get a ticket. Um, but now you're like, imagine if you hadn't got that ticket. Like, <laughs> it's just that's absolute gold dust in terms of in yeah. terms of Cambridge history. That is absolutely gold dust now. One of the biggest moments, yeah. isn't it? So it's certainly amazing yeah. that you were there. And what are the... Mm-hmm. Is the nucleus of that squad still at Cambridge now? Is the keeper still there? The keeper is. Dimmy still there. Joe Ironside, he scored the goal, is still there. I'll be honest, he's not had the same season. <laughs> he has struggled. He we peaked. need goals. He's peaked. Yeah, well, we, why, we joke now, because we always say this thing about um, after that game, Burnley were in the Premier League and they were really struggling, and Burnley were linked with getting Joe Ironside. Right. right. 
to take him to the Premier League, right? <laughs> and they ended up, it was a toss-up between him and who they went for, and who they got in the end was Valt Weghorst. <laughs> between in Dutch international Valt Weghorst or Cambridge United's Joe Ironside, <laughs> whose biggest achievement was probably scoring in that game, and he got Mans- he got um, Macclesfield promoted into the league. <laughs> and it was a toss-up between him and Valt Weghorst. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's um, amazing. But yeah, he's at the squad. The, the biggest player we've lost from that squad is Wes Houlihan. Uh, where Tula had retired at the end of last season. Yeah, he, he was well towards 40, though, wasn't he? Yes. He was older than our manager. <laughs> <laughs> must be weird. Yeah, yeah. He, he played two seasons for us. He, he played in the year, in the COVID year when we got promoted, and then that year when we, uh, in the year in League One, when we beat Newcastle. And yeah, legend. Probably the the best sort of technical footballer I've ever seen play for Cambridge. Yeah, and he, he, was, he was always <laughs> like, always good to watch. Yeah, he was brilliant. And he, he changed games. And that Newcastle game, he started on the bench because that season he was mainly being on the bench because he just, just couldn't play full games. <laughs> he came on for like <laughs> 20 minutes. He's that old. Yeah, pretty much. But you look at some of our players in that team it had been like, we were starting, starting left-back was... Um, uh, Harrison Dunk Harrison Dunk's been at the club for 11 years now um, Greg Taylor was injured Greg Taylor was our captain but he'd been at the club for 12 years so he was in, he was about but he had a horrific injury at the start of the year we had a guy starting in midfield called Ben Werman who's one of our academy graduates Incredible. so it's like there was some really Harvey Nibs started one of our academy graduates and it's like that's really, really special that yeah. those boys got to do that. And we've—I said it before—we've always had quite a good youth team. We've always been through some quite good. Team. Our youth team two nights ago lost in the quarter-final of the FA Youth Cup at the Emirates. They lost three-two, a last-minute winner for Arsenal. Yeah, I saw that because it wasn't there a contentious yeah. penalty or something. Yeah, it probably was a penalty. In fairness, contentious is what Cambridge fans would say. It probably <laughs> was a penalty. But um, yeah, no, we lost three-two after leading two-one. Yeah. Um, but as we've always had a good youth team and, and we've always been quite good at bringing through these players and now we're Mark Bodder in charge because he's coached every age group at the club yeah you'll know them he, he's, we, you know we, we bring through some really good youth players so there's that's really nice and to, for that to happen at Newcastle as well and for a couple of them to be playing and a couple of us to be on the bench you know didn't get on but it's like yeah. that's really like that's that's something quite special yeah amazing thank you yeah it really is right <clears throat> that was far too much time now and happy memories. So we're going to go to some of your maybe not so happy memories now. So let, let's think about then worst places you've been, least favourite places to visit. Is there any, you know, particular okay. teams that always used to batter Cambridge or is there any particular players that you oh, used yeah. to hate watching them play against? So, I mean, I'll go with, I think first I'll go with some of the worst away games I've been to. The worst away game I've been to, was three weeks ago. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, we lost to Barnsley two 0 away. Barnsley only had ten men on the pitch. <laughs> we were awful, and it was absolutely soul destroying. And the worst thing about it was there was a bit of infighting between fans because there's some are shouting for the manager to go because we're on, we are on a really poor run at the minute. Right. It, there is, you know, every possibility that we might get relegated this season. We're we're trying to achieve the great escape. I'll be honest. Right. Like it is going to be. It is going to take a monumental effort for us to get out of there. Um. We've had a lot of injuries. We're not scoring enough goals. Um, we've signed some decent players. We've got a quality defence, but we're not scoring any goals. And that game was just completely like devoid of ideas and oh, anything, no. and that's really hard. I hate going to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, this season they beat us uh, 5-0. Last season they beat us 6-0. Uh, <laughs> so we're getting better, but I hate going there. Uh, that's pretty brutal. 
Um, there are there are a few I really hate going to because there are teams who do consistently beat us or <laughs> consistently get away results against us. But things are like they're teams like we can play brilliantly a whole season, but you go to Northampton and you shit every time we go to Northampton. We're half rate like. I'm just saying, because actually, quite the way those in Northampton are quite good because the atmosphere is quite good. It's weird. I quite like it, but um, because a lot of people hate Northampton, but I quite like it because they've only got three sides to the stadium. But there's always a bit of niggle with their fans, and right. it's in a really shit place. It's in a weird place. It's next to a retail park. It's it's a bit fucking stupid, but it's um it's very. It, I've always quite enjoyed those games. They're, but they they consistent. They not always beat us, but. You know, we get a last-minute equaliser. We're never very good there. Um, so that's tough. But in terms of the worst grounds I've ever been to, there's a few. <laughs> We're talking non-league days. There's a couple. I'm going to give... Um, there's a story about Kettering Town that I'll bring up later. Kettering Town, what I will start with is uh, one of the best away days for stories. Yeah. But yeah. I think... If to get into a way end, you have to climb up a builder's ladder, <laughs> I think you have to ask questions. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> but the worst away game of all time, the worst place to go, and I will hear nothing else about it, is Nuneaton Town. <laughs> right, Nuneaton Town. I had a big argument with my dad about that or Stafford Rangers, but we're going Nuneaton. <laughs> Um, okay. Nuneaton is a shitter. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know where Nuneaton is, it's just outside Birmingham. Uh, it is their ground was in the middle of a field. You had to walk across a field to get into the ground. There was no cover, right? It's the pissing it down with rain. No cover. The game was a three-all draw. <laughs> Before the game, the pitch has a dip in the middle, so it was raining loads, but all the water gathers on the centre spot, and there was just three old blokes with brushes trying to get it off. Right? You're like, this game cannot be played. It couldn't happen, but it would cost so much if it didn't go ahead that it had to happen. So it's like there's three old men desperately with brushes. There's standing water on the pitch. The ball isn't rolling. The referee must have been paid to not call off the game, right? Because it was just ridiculous. But it's in the middle of this field. It's it's ridiculous. Um, it was a, it was a three all draw. Uh, I remember walking out the ground and my five year old brother at the time whispering in my ear, "That was the best draw I've ever seen," <laughs> which I think is a wonderful quote. Yeah. Every time they scored, they would. We never led in the game. They would score and we would score twenty seconds later. Like genuinely, it was straight from the kickoff. We'd then score, and it was it was three all right in the end. It was ridiculous, um, but it's shit. But the one thing that sticks in my mind the most again, my brother was five years old, and while he enjoyed coming to the football and going a bit nuts, there were sometimes he'd like you, you didn't want the five year old to get bored, and the way you could convince him was like food at half time. Yeah. yeah. But I remember him even turning around and going, "This is awful." And we're like, what's the matter? And he went, they even watered down the ketchup. <laughs> and I think that, <laughs> that sums up. That they even watered down the ketchup should be like, if you could translate that into Latin and put that on Nuneaton's badge, yeah. I think that's what you should do. <laughs> like, that's what I sort of believe. That sums up how shit Nuneaton Town was. That's amazing. Um, but I've also got to give an honorable mention, 
honourable mention to York City, okay. uh, particularly because of one thing in the away end. I don't know if you've been to York. I have City. been to York City yet? Have you? So you know the away end. You know the toilet block that isn't covered. Yeah. The number of times I've seen a free kick go into the toilets <laughs> is beyond belief. Like, but st- even as a grown man, that's still fucking hilarious. Like, there is nothing funnier than that. I bet so. like, <laughs> the players probably do that on purpose. They probably love that. Oh, there comes a point, <laughs> wasn't there? But I also I've seen some pretty poor. So York City probably stands as one of the worst places where I've gone to as a Cambridge fan because because we don't get results there. I remember once like under Richard Money, a couple of games before we sacked him, we had this thing where we had um we're playing York and we really need a result. I think we drew one all, but we had this guy playing up front for us who is a legend of the club. Uh, he he's a cult hero. He's now a coach at the club and his name's Barry Core. Uh, Barry Core used to play for Southend. Joined us always injured but when he played he could fucking play he's a brilliant striker right his goals to game ratio must have been through the roof right right? because this he very rarely played he was always injured but there was this whole thing about we were worried about relegation and we weren't playing very well richard money was getting at the fans and the fans there was this whole belief that barry core was this messiah like figure right that he could solve any problem and i remember (laughs) people and some people that believed that fully and other people were getting really pissed off at that that this you know everyone's reliant on barry core and there was a game where Barry Core away at York scored in the last minute and this old bloke behind us who was clearly pissed off with this whole Barry Core brown nosing <laughs> turned to his mate and said look anyone can score with their foot or their head but can you score with your shin <laughs> I just think that was really great um, so yeah York we always had really bad results against um, yeah we always struggled against York and your lot I can't remember ever going to Luton and winning <laughs> Yeah. Fuck on. We always have done it. And that comes up to my uh you said earlier about players you hate. Yeah, go on, go ahead. So before I say the Luton player, because I didn't want to say a Luton player, because I know you host this and you're a Luton fan. I really didn't want to give you the time of day, but I had to. Before I say that, I'm gonna give an honourable mention to a player who only played Cambridge once. Okay. Right? His name is Kevin Van Veen. Oh yeah. <laughs> he played for Northampton Town. Shit all season. That season, he scored four goals, and he's a striker. He scored four goals. Two of those came against us. <laughs> but half of his goals came against That yeah. game, he turned up and looked like a prime Robin Van Persie. Right? I've never seen anything like it in my life. This guy was untouchable. And for the rest of the season, dog shit. <laughs> so he has to get an honourable mention. Because, and I've Googled him ever since. And he's now playing in like the Scottish Premiership. Yeah, well, the way. Yeah, he only had one. Have you just Googled him? I just happened to, I don't know why, but I also follow him a little bit for some reason. I can't remember why. <laughs> because the guy's a legend, because he's shit. But somehow, his, but he went from uh, he went from Northampton to Scunthorpe and was rubbish at Scunthorpe and somehow was at Motherwell. <laughs> how, has <laughs> like, got, how has he got that gig? Yeah, I know Scottish football's not great, but how on earth has he got that? So fair play to that guy because he has bullshit in his way to an entire career. <laughs> that is phenomenal. But the player I hate the most, and I cannot tell you how much I hate this man for multiple reasons, is Luton Town's Danny Hilton. Yeah, I thought it might have been him. Yeah. Actually, Always he's... scored against Cambridge. Yeah. 
I was just going to say he's, he's now moved on to Northampton Town. He is at Northampton. And this is what pisses me off even more about him, right? He scored goal after goal after goal for Luton against against us. Yeah. Always, always. And would do the things like he was the classic pantomime villain. Yeah. Celebrating in front of your fans. And he loved it. He yeah. loved being the pantomime villain. Yeah. He loved being the arsehole. He played he up to it, it, didn't he? He played up to it. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure as a fan of that, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. If, you, if you're a fan of that team and a fan of him, you're going to love it. Yeah. But then there was a thing where very nearly last year, after the game against Newcastle last year, our striker Joe Ironside, who scored the goal and was unbelievable for us last year, we really needed, he got injured and we're yeah. desperately trying to sign a striker. And we were going in, Danny Hilton became available last January and we were looking at him and going, oh, he's coming. And there was this, it was all rumours, okay? So I can't, you know, I don't like him because of this, but it might not even be true. <laughs> but it's, there's a rumour that he was linked to come to us. Yeah. And he held out and held out and held out and held out until the last day. And on the last day, we went, we panicked and we dropped it and we couldn't sign him because he waited to the last day. And he ended up going to Northampton over us. And we ended up signing an under-23 from Brighton called Lorient Tollage, who was awful. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't don't know him. Exactly, right? (laughs) And and thank you, lucky stars, you don't, right? Because this guy... His claim to fame was that in our Switzerland under-18 game, he once scored something like five goals. <laughs> but we signed him as a Brighton under-23, uh, and he was rubbish. And we could have had Danny Hilton, and Danny Hilton held off and held off and held off and held off, and went to Northampton over us. And for that, I hate him even more. That was salt into the wounds. Not only have you consistently scored against us, but you forced us into buying Lorient Talage. <laughs> and for that, I hate you. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I I do I do get that because I, I obviously I've watched Danny Hilton many times. I know what he's like. He does. Yeah. He he. I think he he thrives off that, doesn't he? He he. You know, he almost plays better when he is getting pelters from the crowd. Oh yeah, he loves it. He loves he it. Loves and, it. And, and that just reminded me, um, of a goal against Cambridge for Luton. You probably you probably might be aware the what the goal I'm going to bring up, and actually it's it's fairly topical because this player's had to retire this week due to injury. Um, Ollie Lee, do you remember the goal? So Ollie Lee scored for Luton from his own half. Yes, I do remember against that. Cambridge, and actually the way yes. Luton's ground works is it's in two different postcodes. So he scored from a different postcode. That's how far <laughs> away he was. <laughs> Yeah, fair play. <laughs> the, re- the reason I brought that up, well, one, like I said, unfortunately, Ollie Lee's had to retire this week because of because of injury. But actually, Danny Hilton, when that goal goes in, I'm not sure who the Cambridge goalkeeper is, but Danny Hilton literally, instead of going to celebrate with his his own player who's just scored from his own half, he, he goes and does a knee, yeah knee slide right in front of the Cambridge goalkeeper, yeah. which yeah. which just sums him up, I think. And he it's one, it's, one, it's one of them, isn't it, where it's as as you know, Luton fans love him, absolutely love him. Oh, yeah. um, but, and you know, it's, it's one of them. When he's on your team, he's great. But when he's playing against you, you do you absolutely hate those players. It's, he is a master of shit housing. Yeah, that's what he is. He's I mean, a master of being a dickhead. Yeah, like, but <laughs> it works for him, and that's what makes it worse. If you're an arsehole and you're shit, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're just an arsehole. Yeah. But if you're an arsehole and you're good, oh, I despise him. <laughs> Genuinely, really pissable. And yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure as soon as you invited me on, and you know, as a Cambridge fan, you were like, "It's definitely going to say Danny Hill." <laughs> like, there is, there is no one else I could pick. Really, the guy's an ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, and you mentioned you said a story about Kettering. Is is now a good time to bring that up? 
I think, yeah. So Kettering Town, um, I, I love. It was so shit, it was beautiful. <laughs> That's the sort of way it really was. So to get into the ground, to get into the away end, you had to climb up scaffolding and then a ladder, <laughs> a genuine ladder. And I was like six years old, right? Yeah. Took up a ladder to get in, um, which I, I said before. Um, but before the whole day was brilliant, right? We're coming back from Bedford visiting family, going back up to Leeds, and we stop off in Kettering to see the game. And we stop in Kettering, mum's driving, and she we drop off at this pub beforehand. Dad's having a drink in the pub, me and brother there. And I said earlier, the way to keep my younger brother on board has always been feeding, <laughs> right? So we're in this pub, and they, you could genuinely get a pint of chips, Right. I didn't get you didn't get the same excitement as I you didn't give me the excitement I felt. I'll be honest, I was expecting a big reaction there. Uh, I'm from I'm, 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 I'm from the north. We're sort of used to those well, sort of things. As a as a six year old, that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. So me and my brother are there in awe. Right. First of all, a pint of chips before the game. It's probably not, is a pint of chips. Is that even more than a plate of chips? Would you say? Would you even get more chips? Than oh, that? it's probably less. But who cares? <laughs> it's, it's in a pint glass. This is phenomenal. What? What is this? Isn't allowed. This is insane. This is breaking every code. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. So my brother. Losing this shit, this is amazing, right? Great. Get to the game. You've got to climb up scaffolding. You've got to go up a ladder to get into the game. What the hell is going on, right? Toilets. One singular portaloo for all away fans. Oh, Kettering isn't that far away from Cambridge. There's a lot of Cambridge fans. Oh, <laughs> We're in one corner of the ground because the way the ground was built, you're literally in a corner, literally in the corner. But what it meant is the reverb was phenomenal <laughs> the noise you can make is amazing yeah. and we make a huge noise I mean, it's massive noise right the pub we were in before the game that's where my mum says she's going to pick us up from after the game right and we leave after the game and uh this is back i mean mobile phone this was uh like mid 2000s so mobile phones are about but not everyone had one and my dad refused to have one i mean he refuses to have one now but he refused <laughs> to have one and me and my brother like kids we don't have one of course so we're like we just have to rely on mum being there and we we're going back and firstly we got lost on the way back to the pub right we get lost on the way back to the pub this is how good this story is right i don't remember the result and i think that tells you how good it was i don't i can't tell you anything about the football right i can't tell you anything about the football i can't know who played right. don't know if there were any goals i can't tell you anything about it we're walking back to the pub we got lost and then we find this pub and we can't get in the pub and it's because they shut the pub because they thought, oh, there could be trouble. Like there was ever going to be trouble. And they locked the pub, right? Okay. They locked the pub. <laughs> All the people who worked there went into the flat above the pub. There's one person left in the pub. It's my fucking mother. <laughs> They've locked her in the pub. <laughs> so then we're like, what the hell's going on? Knock on the doors. Eventually someone comes down and they're like, what's going on? And we're like, well, we're supposed to meet someone here today. Locked. And they're like, no, there's no one here. There's no one here. At which point we hear a voice that goes, I'm here. And walk around the corner is my mother. <laughs> <laughs> just ridiculous everything about that trip was so shite was so awful that it's just it's folklore now yeah. that's beautiful isn't that's it amazing. and there, that's the that's the best thing about non-league football i think non-league football there is something so charming about it and so great about it and the reliance on fans and the reliance on those stories to keep going yeah. because the football's so shit <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a, that's really really lovely um so yeah, long, long. I'm very happy we're not in non-league football anymore. But 
long live the conference, there long is, live non-league football. There is something I think amazing. it's really do, do, do we know what your mum did in Kettering for those couple of hours? I'm assuming she just sat in the pub, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what she was doing. She probably had a book, maybe some knitting, was sat in the pub. Did she help herself, some... did she help herself to a drink? Well, that's what I was wondering. Was like, how long did you nurse that drink for? <laughs> like, that's like, if I know my mum, she wouldn't have done that. <laughs> so like, how, what were you doing? But, um, yeah, it was just one of those days that you just, this now is complete folklore, just because everything about it is hilarious. And That's amazing. I can still chat to my brother about it, my dad about it, and my mum, and, and all of us laugh and smile every time. And we do regularly sort of sit and go and think about these sort of things. And it's why genuinely, like, it's a, it's <laughs> being, on this, being asked to come on this podcast is hilarious because this is a standard evening for me. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a really like genuine pleasure to, to come and talk about it. Cause like talking to, about Cambridge for an hour, like there's, there's nothing more I'd love to do. <laughs> like, well, it's great. And it, yeah. it's, it's been great listening to you. And I think, you know, your, um, your enthusiasm and passion for Cambridge certainly comes across, but I think, you know, you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head. It's been great to talk about some of the bigger stadiums and those bigger games, but some of the stories from from the lower leagues and from those non-league days are just incredible, aren't they? And that's the type of stuff we want to hear. So I'm I'm really grateful for you coming on. Do you have anything, any other stories, sort of in the spirit of the podcast that you want to share about your experiences travelling away to watch Cambridge? Uh, to be fair, I think we've gone through uh, a load. Do you but, do you have? Well, go on, sorry. What I will say, one of my favourite things about going to away days sometimes is when you go to away day and there's hardly anyone there yeah. and a chant is invented. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right? I love that. Right? It does happen. So I remember going, I didn't go to the game, but I remember hearing stories about people who went to the game because only about 15 people turned up. <laughs> it's Carlisle, right? So it's the longest trip we'll have to do all year up yeah. to Carlisle. And we had a winger at the time called Medi Alito. And he wasn't brilliant, but he was quick. And because he was quick, there was something quite, you know, there's something quite. Oh, this guy must be good because yeah. he's because he's quick and he's <laughs> he's quite he's quite entertaining to watch. Yeah. Um, but the chant got invented of um, oh, 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 he's magic. You know, we've got Medi Alito, and that chant gets invented, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love about it away day as well is those ones where like twenty people turn up that create a moment. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that's really beautiful, and that'll be carried on, won't it? Then to, to future games as well. Oh yeah, I and think that's great. I can't believe how I don't know if fans sit there and think about the chants and, and songs. They're so creative with it, aren't they? And sometimes they're so quick oh, as well. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that one is 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 strong. That yeah. one was very good. And he only played for us for about six more months, but it went on. <laughs> it went on strong. But at least, uh, at least he had a good chant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, and then let's think about then moving forwards in terms of following Cambridge. What are you? Do you have aspirations of? I know you said they're in a difficult spot at the moment, or do you have a dream of maybe a, like, would you dream of, do you have a dream of seeing Cambridge in Europe, for example? Um, For me, it's not, it's not genuinely, it's not something I think about or have thought about really. It, it, it just isn't because, and again, I think it sums us up at the minute is that we're very aware of who we are yeah. as a club. We're very aware of who we are and what we, what we want to achieve my ambitions for this sort of next couple of years is let's let's stay up let's let's stay financially sound because we've been financially in trouble for so long like let's just be secure let, let me just have a football club because there were so many times where we were like i might not have a football club anymore yeah. so let me just have a football club and and that 
I really like. Yeah, I want the fans to stay on side because there's times when we've lost the fans before and, and that's been really hard and divisions between fans has been tough. Yeah, so, um, so just because we didn't really explore that. So when you were at Barnsley and you said there was yeah. a bit of fighting between the fans, what what was that like? Were, it's awful. Was it was it's it sort of, was it punches thrown or was it No, no, it was all verbals, but it's it's one of the things where it's like it's just it's horrendous. It's embarrassing, yeah. number one. Yeah. Uh, I think you do have to call it out because it's shocking. And you've got every right to complain and to, to be angry with your team. But there's ways and means to do it. You don't boot your players and they're walking off the pitch. You don't have a go at other fans. You don't start chants that are simply saying we're shit or you're nothing special, we lose every week. That came up. And it's like that's just the worst. Yeah. And you just think we're just that you're just an embarrassment then. And it's like that's the worst thing. And because so many years I'll be honest, we were an embarrassment. We were, who who knew what was going on with us? Yeah. Were we going to survive? Were we going to be about any longer? Yeah. The way we were run was shocking. We had dodgy dealings going on with some of our directors and, and, and it was tough. And like I say, only in the last few years have I, I finally turned around and go, I'm, or, or not finally turned around, but the first time in a long time saying I'm, I'm proud to be a Cambridge fan. Yeah. And that's something that I, I couldn't say for such a long time. Um, so that was brutal. That Barnsley game was awful. It was really, really tough. And I've been to many where the, the infighting with the fans and of we want to get rid of this manager or we want to do something different, that's really tough when you're not united in that one thing. Yeah. That That's yeah. really hard. And that's where some of the shittest memories come from is, is, is that you've lost the fans. And that's where I think, especially because we're a club of our size, for for a League One club, we get a real good turnout. Yeah, like we're not yeah. the biggest, of course not, but we get a good turnout. And for the size of our ground, we get a good, you know, six seven thousand. That's pretty good. Like so, it, for a club of our size like that, when we're all united in one thing, that's blooming special. Yeah. When you're all pushing the same direction, and that's what's been so special with the with Mark Bonner coming in and the promotion into league one was, was weird because it was in, it was the year where you couldn't go to a single game all year because of COVID. All right. Yeah. But it was, it was something still so special about it. Uh, and if we could have been there, it's the only way it could have been better. Like the only way it could have been better. Um, but I do like, I think about it now and go like, this is, this is the highest level I've ever seen Cambridge player. This is the best position I've seen the club in financially, structurally, business wise, this is probably what my dad was dreaming about 10 years ago. Yeah. And now it's like, uh, 10 years ago, I would have been, what, 12 years old? And so I would have been going, at that point, I might still be going, oh yeah, one day I'd love to see this in Europe, one day I'd love to see this in the Premier League. But now where we're at now is probably what my dad's dream was 10 years ago, which is that we're just, we're fine. Stability. <laughs> Stability. Stability. Yeah. We're safe. We've got a football club. We've got a manager who's great. We're, bringing in the fans we're playing half decent football it's all right it's not brilliant we're getting to go to away games people are proud to be cambridge fans yeah. and that that's really that's really special yeah all right lovely well i think i think that's a, lo- a lovely place to end um so thanks again alex for your time it's been it's been really great it's been a lot of fun i hope you've enjoyed it and oh, i've had a great time thank you so much for having me that's all right hopefully the people listening have enjoyed it um as well all right take care see you soon thanks pal Bye.